the, the, the Y Zone, where we talk about life and rights. Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Y Zone, the show for the youth. And the young at heart, I am your host, Brian Malvin K. Sitoli. The United Nations estimates that about one in every three women have experienced at least one form of gender-based violence, especially physical or sexual violence, or both. It also estimates that of those who have been in relationships, about one in four adolescent girls and young women between the ages of 15 and 19 have experienced physical and or sexual violence from an intimate partner or husband. Trans Show aims at discussing some of the strategies that can be taken in curbing the scourge of gender-based violence, especially among us young people. The show is brought to you by Trocare. And to discuss further, I am joined on the line by Rodney Mutombo, the founder and executive director of Women Excel Trust. Rodney, welcome to ZFM Stereo and to the Y-Zone. Uh, thank you very much. Great. I'm happy that you could spare uh, this 30 minutes so that we can have this very, very important uh, discussion here on ZFM Stereo, my station, your station. And as I said before, the show is brought to us um, in partnership with Trocare, an organization that is looking at issues of women empowerment. And to our listeners, you can be a part of this conversation by sending through a WhatsApp message on our platform 0731-168-0445-0731-168-0445. We want to hear from from you we want to know what is happening in your communities now back to you rodney can you tell us a little bit more about women excel trust oh all right thank you brian so women excel trust uh was an organization which was formed uh when i was still at uh, one one in university and the reason was that zimbabwe remains one of the many african countries in which girls and women Mm-hmm. to attract discrimination, abuse, and limited opportunities to mention, but just a few. It, it is against uh, this setback that Women Excel Trust was formed. Our overall goal is to create an environment where girls and women in their diversity are empowered with knowledge, motivation to realize their capabilities, also having to support, also having support not only from fellow women, but the nation as a war. So our vision as an organization is we envision uh, a Zimbabwean woman or girls in their diversity, their thriving dignity and well-being, free from patriarchy and non-liberal oppression and social ill. Okay. Yeah, I think that's basically about uh, women and trust. You know, what I like is that this is an organization that is uh, advocating for the emancipation of women, which has been founded by a man. So it shows um, the importance of us as men also taking um, a stand when it comes to issues of uh, women empowerment. So right now you're operating in which areas? All right. Uh, so as an organization, we are well represented in all the 10 provinces of Zimbabwe. Okay. However, most of our programming focuses are in Blawayo, Shishalane, Arai, Kurube, and Zarabani. And why those specific areas? Uh, it is um, after we have done our um, assessment needs in such uh, areas. For example, in Kurube and Zarabani, there have been a stage and a spike in uh, child marriages, uh, which was being promoted by social uh, toxic ill social um practices that believes or that exonerated the fact that child marriages are okay mm. so it, it is uh, because of such things uh, that leads us to say like we need to focus in these areas 
for their household. Okay, that's good um, that you identified some of the challenges that were happening here. Now to uh, build on the issue of gender-based violence that you have introduced, are men also being victims of this practice? Yes, they are. Oh, can you elaborate further? How are men also victims of gender-based violence? So I like to believe that uh, statistics, um, if they were to be recorded, would record more uh, men being victims of gender-based violence. However, we don't have statistics because of, one, the society is uh, socialized and uh, brought us up to believe that men can never be victims. Men cannot report that they've been abused. Men mm. cannot cry. You know, those patriarchal values and masculine values that we are brought to believe in. So it is very hard now to defend the fact that men are really victims of uh, gender-based violence. However, out there, I would like to believe that there are a lot of men who are being abused, who are um, who are being victims of gender-based violence, but because of the hard nut uh, shell skin that they are being uh, brought up into to to have, it's very hard to defend such a notion. All right. I'll also throw it to our listeners. What do you think? Are men also victims of gender-based violence? Let us know by sending through a WhatsApp message on our platform or 731-168-045. We want to hear from you. We want to know what's happening in your societies. Tonight, I am joined on this show by the Executive Director of For Women Excel Trust, uh, Mr. Rodney uh, Mutombo, who is having this discussion with us courtesy of uh, Troy K. Now, let's move on to gender-based violence itself. I know I had thrown a question I was asking if men are victims but what exactly constitutes gender-based violence from your understanding? Alright so I'd like to believe that uh, gender-based violence is any violence that is perpetrated to anyone based on their gender mm-hmm. no, it's not specifically perpetrated on women though people have uh, misunderstood or misinterpreted it on it being a uh, violence only perpetrated against, against women. women gender-based right. violence is just any form of violence perpetrated to anyone based on gender. Okay, and how is it affecting young women, the issue of gender-based violence, bringing it home to Zimbabwe? What's happening in terms of violence against young women? So, bringing uh, closer home, one of the effects is that uh, gender-based violence is actually affecting uh, meaningful participation of women in uh, both public and private sectors in electoral and governance processes. For example, uh, if a woman is maybe in experiencing a gender-based violence mm-hmm. and maybe she's beaten, something like that, she cannot cap up, like, your self-esteem will not be... She will want to be that confident. Okay, up it, disturbs, it destroys the self-confidence, right? Pardon? I'm saying, yeah, I agree with you that it destroys her self-confidence, right? Exactly. And by one having low self-esteem, uh, it will affect her participation in every level of uh, particip- on every level of of living. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, like you've said, it disturbs their participation. It hinders them from also reaching their f- full potential. My next question would be, do we have the uh, en- enough mechanisms to ensure that women, especially young women who uh, face gender-based violence, are able to report such cases? All right. I would, I would like to say mechanisms are there. Okay. Talking on 
uh, women as sole trust uh, capacity, we have made some progress in addressing these issues and we are better at defining and understanding it. Mm. However, we have seen uh, relatively improved awareness and uh, access to services. Despite the gains, uh, gender-based violence is still a challenge. Okay. And the challenge is most of the times when women want to go, for example, to police and report, they are further victimized by the police. For example, last month or last month but one, we had a police officer who victimized a woman who was like, they were dating, they were in a situation, for example, like, and they, the police, the policemen are victimized as a woman. So my question now is then, who will police the police if right. we have um, people who, who we thought that they're supposed to be protecting women, mm. but uh, they are abusing women. So will women feel safe to to go forward and report to the same people who are who are um, documented or who are written in papers that they are abusing women? Okay. Um, so it's unfortunate that uh, there's such a case. And also it's coming uh, during the time when they're celebrating Women's Month. And we are hoping that we can be able to have safe, safe spaces where women can go and report if ever they fall victim um, to, when it comes to issues of uh, gender-based violence. So let me ask you this. You are, you are part of the civil society of the country. You are there to complement government efforts. When it comes to fighting this scourge of gender-based violence, what exactly are you doing? Doing as an organization when it comes to issues of gender-based violence? All right. Uh, so as an organization, we sat down and we came up with a strategy that we thought they might uh, combat or they might eradicate totally mm. gender-based violence. Okay. So some of the strategies that we had were key asks both from uh, individuals, donors, and other civil society organizations in Zimbabwe. Mm. So the strategies, um, one of the strategies is that uh, we need to fund uh, full participation of women in civil society. This is because women who are active in civil society can influence the implementation of global, regional and national treaties and agreements as well as laws through exerting pressure. More money is needed to support women active participation in civil society and if they put pressure or maybe probably uh, putting more stiffer uh, penalties for GBV perpetrators, it might mm-hmm. be reduced. That's one of our strategies that we thought is it, 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 good. Okay, also, others? Also, another strategy that we thought might be of help was to scale up the efforts addressing unequal gender power relations. Some programs have have been structured uh, participatory activities that guide the examination of gender norms and their relationships to power inequalities, violence and other harmful behaviors. These programs work with multiple stakeholders across social ecological spectrum and multiple sectors and often at small scale. We need to replicate successful pilot uh, collective impact programs to ensure that the sustaining of norms changes mm-hmm. because we have we have those norms that think that it's okay to abuse a woman for example we have this other exercise in in Spinger where we say that women who feel that it's okay for their husbands to beat them stand up we were shocked to see that more than three quarters of the women stood up 
and say, if my husband uh, doesn't beat me, so that he no longer loves me. He doesn't love so, me. So, so those are some of the norms that we need to change. Okay. Also, I believe that, or we believe that as an organization, that we need to provide a GBV clinical services uh, in lower level health facilities. Mm-hmm. The provisions of GBV clinical services is focused on one-stop jobs at high-level facilities. But the majority of people who have access uh, to services at high-level facilities do so too late to receive key interventions such as uh, emergency contraceptives, HIV post-exposure prophylaxis. For fast access, would need to prioritize or would need to think about... Um, focusing on bringing services closer to the community, particularly in rural and farming communities of Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Lastly, one of the strategies that we think that might work for our country in trying to combat gender-based violence is that we also need to start advocating around having GBV fast-track code, adopting the Zambia setup, as well as um, Kenya. Anyway, I would like to congratulate uh, Kenya for commissioning their new sexual and gender-based violence code recently. I think it was this work. This code will help gender-based violence um, victims and survivors to come forward and report these cases without fear of being intimidated or without fear of uh, being pushed away by the normal course as what has been happening in the past. So... Those are some of the strategies that we have been trying to push or we've been trying to use as an organization. Okay, you know, I like your strategies, Rodney, uh, because most of them, some of them speak to the legal framework, others speak to, you know, issues of norms and all that. But to me, they sound a little bit academic. You know, I would want to find out from you what you're doing, which is very, very practical. Because like we mentioned, Kuchipinge, Madzimaya, Angari, Koaito, Aturine Mfungwe, Kutika Nandikaro, Wando, Kutintinodiwa, Chinu Chatino, Zidza, Kuvatishi, Kura, Kuti, a man is aggressive, and a woman is supposed to be passive. You know, she's just supposed to submit herself and all that. How do we change? that how do we transform that how do we help people to unlearn what they have uh, taken in through primary and secondary socialization okay thank you thanks for the question i would like to believe that the society or news out there largely believe that men are the perpetrators of gender-based violence is it mm. so as an organization what we have managed to do is that we have started to engage those who are largely to be believed to be perpetrators sit down with men try to impact them or try to share with them the negative impact of um, gender-based violence both on their lives and on the lives of um the women, mm-hmm. including the young girls. Mm-hmm. And this process has helped us because we have noticed that um, at the end of the day, many men we have uh, engaged at, co- at community or at grassroots level, they've managed to relearn and learn other things and learn new things. And currently we have a movement of young men who are saying no to gender breast violence. Mm. So I would like to believe that if we had started this initiative earlier than this, we wouldn't be talking about uh, very high uh, 
rates of gender violence violence in Zimbabwe and all because these people that we are engaging uh, in such conversation, we, we usually have uh, talk shows within uh, our organizational social groups. Interesting. We're discussing with men, and we have this other initiative which, which we which we termed Gotara um, Pinda uh, Minanga, where we'll be talking about um, issues that affect women, but these issues will be talking um, with men. Okay. Trying to come up with um, strategies, coming trying to come up with long, long lasting solutions that can help women. So, this, I would like to believe that. Um, this has really helped in many ways because these people that we have engaged, uh, we, we never engage them to train other people, but we have noticed that of late, there have been ambassadors of right. anti-gender-based violence. Mm. You know, I like that because now you're, you're not just preaching to the converted, you're not just talking to the women who already know about these issues and some of them are already victims, but you are also bringing in potential perpetrators and they are also sharing their experiences with others. So that really helps. Uh, you recently launched a campaign that is called Regaid Zveshiri. Would like to tell us a little bit about that. All right, thank you. So, um... Uh was a campaign that we came about after we noticed a spike in um, child marriages. Okay. is a Shona phrase which can be loosely translated to let them grow. Or And this phrase is derived from an African proverb, uh, mm. Child marriage has been... Um, all right. Child marriage is... is is a harmful practice which severely affects the rights of of a girl child mm-hmm. and further deprives the child from attaining other aspira- aspirations like education. We have noticed that every year about 14 million adolescents and teen girls are married, almost always forced in almost or always forced into the arranged marriages by the parents. In 2012, UNICEF estimated that globally. Almost 400 million women aged 29 to 49, who are maybe probably 41% of the total population of women of this age, were married or entered into a union while they were children or were like while they were below 18. Mm-hmm. It's further noted that although the proportion of child brides has generally decreased over the last 30 years in some regions, child marriage remains common and even among the youngest generations particularly in rural and farming communities of the country and of the region, as it's like Africa the region. Mm-hmm. Among young women worldwide, age 20 to 24, one in three or 70 million were married as children, and one in nine who are 23 million probably entered into marriage or union before they reached 15 of age, 15 years okay. of age. Okay. If the present trends continue by 2030, we have estimated that the number of child brides marrying each year would have grown more than 14% annually from 14.2 in 2020 to 15.1 uh, million. Mm-hmm. Although the largest numbers of child brides are in countries of South Asia, Southern Asia countries, with uh, the highest rates of child marriage uh, in Africa. Of the 41 countries worldwide, with the prevalent rate of 30% or 30 are from Africa. Traditionally, okay. and really, 
Traditional and religious. Maybe we can talk about um, bringing it. I, I appreciate the background, and I'm sure there's quite a bit that we can cover. But maybe we can just talk about what's happening here in Zimbabwe and how the program will have an impact um, on us as, as, as Zimbabweans. All right. Uh, so, uh, coming down to Zimbabwe, I'd like to believe that we haven't, uh, we have been um, hearing or reading about the Manika Land Marangi Apostolic Church where. We had the memory of my child case who was Anna who died whilst giving birth and mm-hmm. she was 14. Barely three weeks down the line there was another one who died and these are child marriages um, mm-hmm. making young people or young girls to to be uh, on high risk of getting infected by HIV for example those people they are not mature enough to negotiate for safer sex mm-hmm. and m- most of the time they don't have that autonomy to decide whether they want to have children or not yes their hr rights they are being infringed okay um there's... So it, oh sorry go ahead so it was because of all that we started to engage young girls from uh institutions to be specific Zindra University, where we established a chapter there, Women and Soul Trust chapter at Zindra University. Mm-hmm. And the girls came up with um, a, more of a write-up or an anthology or a collection of poems which were talking about um, child marriages. Mm-hmm. And this anthology, it was um, named uh, after the campaign Regaizirashiri. So the name of the anthology was Regaizirashiri, 15 poems Zagopai. And this anthology seeks to extend the ongoing conversations around child marriages in Zimbabwe and in the region, offering a platform of new and emerging writers alongside more established ones. Mm. So, so, so uh, we're going to see writings coming up as well? Yes, we have uh, done quite a lot of things when it comes to this campaign because it was really affecting a lot of people and even those who didn't know that they were being affected, it was really affecting them in a way. Mm. Okay, so there's a listener here who says, you know what, for as long as the organizations promote the narrative that GBV is men bashing women, you have a hard time being listened to. Because there are many men out there who are victims, but it's always men against women, simply because men keep quiet for obvious reasons. So for as long as you create the impression men are the perpetrators and women victims, you are creating a defense inclination among men. What do you think about that? Alright. Firstly, I'm a man. And earlier on, I had said that it is believed that largely the perpetrators of GBV are men. Mm-hmm. Not because they are, but because they are not statistics to prove that men are also being victimized. Mm-hmm. So we need to come back to the round table and start... Um, destroying or in such to break those social norms that try to create thick skins within men that men should not come and report for you can be regarded weak and oh we need to normalize these conversations yeah we have started to engage even religious and traditional leaders to talk about gbv in the spaces that they operate from like in churches for example if a pastor starts to normalize those conversations from the pulpit Obviously, people who, who like get to understand that surely these things are, are happening, and there's nothing wrong by me. I mean, reporting that I'm being abused. 
Okay, so there is need to normalize uh, the conversation, especially of men also sharing their experience when it comes to uh, gender-based violence, right? If they're if they fall victims, they need to talk about it. Same for women. They need to understand that um, if this is happening to me, then I've got to talk about it. This is not a right. And for tonight's conver- conversation, I've been joined by uh, Rodney Mutombo, who is the founder and executive director of Women Excel Trust. Uh, Rodney, as we come to the end of the program, what are your parting shots? What is uh, the message that you would like to leave our listeners with? All right. I think I would like to leave our listeners with this. Don't ever bottle uh, or try to hide that you are being abused. Whether you're a man or you're a woman, pick out, come forward, look for uh, legal advice. Mm-hmm. It's not good to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Also, what I would want to say is with um, a heavy heart, personally, I don't tolerate anything that uh, has to do with hard marriage. I would like to say to many men out there, that's all that I can say. Very, very powerful words coming from uh, Rodney Mutombo, who is the executive director and founder of Women Excel Trust. He has been my guest on tonight's show, which was made possible by Trocare. Um, in celebration of Women's Month, we are talking about the issues of sexual and gender-based violence. Before you go, Rodney, how do people get in touch with you? All right. Uh, so uh, I'll start with our organizational social pages on Twitter, we are Women at Soul Trust. On Facebook, we are Women at Soul Trust. On Instagram, we are Women at Soul Trust as well. Then my mm-hmm. personal number is plus two six three seven one eight six two hundred eight six. I will repeat plus two six three seven one eight six two hundred eight six. All right, so we're hoping that if you have any issues that you are facing in terms of gender-based violence, or if there's something that you want to comment on when it comes to women empowerment, you can get in touch with uh, Mr. Rodney Mutombo, who is the Executive Director of Women Empowered Trust. Mr. Rodney, thank you so much for having having this conversation with me. I'm hoping we can continue having such discussions because they are key when it comes to issues of gender-based violence. Uh, Thank you, Brian. Uh, great. Uh, they say a stitch in time saves nine. It takes all of our efforts to bring to an end the scourge of gender-based violence in our communities. It takes a lot of unlearning of harmful norms as we have learned tonight and a willingness to replace them with more positive and a productive mindset which can help us to build stronger communities. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we had for tonight's show which was brought to us by Troike. A show that focused on the scourge of gender-based violence. For now, it's me, your host, Brian Marvin Casey, totally saying good night, stay safe, COVID-19 is real. And in celebration of Women's Month, I'm going to leave you listening to the sounds of Oliver Mtukudzi with Wagona, a song that celebrates women and their contribution to the world. Enjoy. PD The Ghost is up next with The Fix.